Welcome to the Drama Detox Podcast with Aaron and Christy, where we share life's real deal, good, bad, and downright dirty moments of being a stepmom. Moments you say, what the hell was I thinking marrying a man with a high conflict ex and bio mom? To those times, you just want to throw your hands up in the air, curl up and cry, and just surrender to all the bullshit. We share hot topics stepmoms are afraid to talk about because, hey, let's face it, most people don't really understand what we go through on the day-to-day. The only thing we're detoxing from is that baby mama drama. Ladies, grab your drink of choice, kick those feet up, and let's cheers to living our best version of a kick-ass life amongst the chaos of being a blended family. Hey ladies, it's Christy. We have another episode of Drama Detox Podcast. Today we have a very special guest coming from Idaho on the phone. She is Brenda Baker. She has her own YouTube channel as well as her own blog. She is a remarriage coach. She has taken the time out today to talk with us about some very important topics when it comes to step family life. Hi Brenda, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So tell me a little bit about what you guys do. I hope I have that right. (laughs) Um, You do, yes. Okay, so what we do as remarriage coaches is we, we teach people that have gotten into another marriage after a divorce. A lot of times, you know, people end up with, they end up having all of this brokenness in their past and unfortunately, what happens is they bring it into their new marriage. Mm-hmm. And so what we do and what our goal is to help people make this marriage their last marriage. It's really important to us. We we start from that level. We work with people one-on-one, well, two-on-two, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we help them learn the concepts that have kept us together all these years. We will have been married uh, 26 years in May. So. Oh, wow. All right, so you have children, stepchildren? Yes, we have five boys. Uh, Two of them are my stepsons, the oldest two, and then uh, the middle one uh, my husband adopted when he was four, and then the two youngest are ours together. So we have the his, mine, and ours thing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, you sure do. Oh, my gosh, you could have a movie. It's funny because we get it all the time because we have five kids as well, blended family. Um, I have three, and then he has – my husband has two. Um, So we definitely share that in common, minus you don't have the girl (laughs) drama in your house, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, I have a lot of daughter-in-laws now, but they're all wonderful, so – There you go. They don't live with me either, though, so – Yeah, that's true. That's good, too. So, no one wants to live with their mother-in-law, right? Oh, my gosh. Well, these days, I feel like, right? Yeah. Whatever can yeah. save some money sometimes. Um, so, yeah. good. Well, you have a lot of background, and it's it's kind of interesting because I'm starting out myself in a blended family uh, for the first time and hopefully only time um, being, you know, remarried. And you've been in this for a while. So, you've really mm-hmm. gone through the trenches and can really teach a lot of people uh, the mistakes or the things that you learned. Yes in your journey. So um, let's start it off by talking about the kids. I think that's super important. That's a big part of blended families. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's talk first about how it it was for you um, coming into your marriage. What like did you know? Tell me a little bit about the background of like how this started for you. Okay, so my husband had been divorced. um, Let's see, two and a half years, two and a half, three years before I met him. Okay. And I had been married. I had been divorced. Let's see about a year and 
almost a half. So we, we both had had some time to deal with that whole after the divorce thing yeah. <laughs> where you're trying to figure out, okay, now what, what do I do? How do I heal? You know, yeah. how do I help my kids? Yeah. All of that stuff. And we had a lot of challenges right off like most families do. So oh, yes. if you're a listener and you're hearing this right now, please listen to me when I say issues are normal. <laughs> yeah. issues, issues in marriage are normal, but they're really normal with blended families. You're not doing anything wrong. You're not a bad person. It's all about learning how to deal with the, you know, deal with things in the best way possible. And I have to say, I didn't do all of that. I didn't know anyone who was divorced. Nobody. I, I, I literally was surrounded by people who were all married and had always been married. Amen to that. And I'm sorry. Yeah. I, yeah amen to that. I mean, same thing with me. No, none of my friends divorced. I don't come up from a family of divorce. And mm-hmm. I had a lot of issues and still dealing with a lot of issues on the daily um, with a blended family. So, and a lot of it's external issues, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. My husband and I were solid from the very beginning. However, the external issues are what, you know, just about broke us, to be honest with you. Uh, we, we got to a point where I was, I was ready to be done. <laughs> yep. And it's hard to say that. And it's true. And so again, whoever's listening to this, please understand that's normal. You have to decide that you're going to make this thing work though. That is the number one thing in our 20 years of experience with helping other blended families, uh, most of which were military. Uh, you got to choose. You got to decide you're going to do this thing. And you and your, you and your spouse have to be on hundred percent. We're going to do this thing. We're going to figure it out. We're not going to talk about divorce because it's not going to happen. We're no, we're not going to go there because what we found is that everyone can get through those things. You come to those places where you're like, ah, I don't know what to do. It's okay. Yeah. Sometimes you need help. Yep. That's okay. That's why we're doing what we do uh, is to help people learn how to deal with that, um, that baggage in a positive way because yep. there are ways. Counselors, therapists, our coaches are the best. I mean, I, yes. I love, I love, I know it sounds funny, but I love going to therapy. <laughs> I love it because yeah. I could get it all out there and not have to talk to close people to me who might yes. not understand, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and this is another, you, you just brought an, up another thing. Don't talk to your mom. <laughs> Please. Yeah, don't. don't talk to your mom. Your mom, your mom has watched you go through a terrible divorce. She doesn't want you to go through another and they tend to be a lot more protective than they were even on your first marriage. So mom needs to just be in the unknown and not, you know, (laughs) and unfortunately you want to, as a daughter, you want to talk to your mom about all these things. And my mom was great. She was always pushing me to, you know, to, um, deal with my stuff and, um, whatever, she never, ever has looked down on my husband, but I do wish that I wouldn't have said a lot. Yeah. You because take a lot it back. of it caused her a lot of heartache that she didn't need. Yep. You know? Yeah. And, and so once you, once just, you air the dirty laundry too, right? It's hard to come right. back from that. They will always, when you repair your, your marriage, they still mm-hmm. have those stories mm-hmm. in their head yeah. and they can't just get rid of that like we can because they're on the outside. Yeah. Right. Right. 
But this leads me into another thing that you and I talked about, which is um, when stepmoms vent to their family and friends, and Mm -hmm. you're usually faced with that horrible, horrible, Mm -hmm. unhelpful sentence of, well, you knew what you were getting into when you married him. Mm. Have you heard that? (laughs) I have. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Yes, I've heard it. And I can't think of one client that we've had that hasn't heard that as well. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you say to that? Just speaking to the stepmoms here right now, you didn't know. You had no idea. And in a way, thankfully, your friends and family don't know. They don't know what it's like. Good for them. Yeah. That, that doesn't mean that you're wrong or you're a bad person or that you're doing anything wrong, especially when we talk about the narcissistic, high-conflict bio moms. They yeah. can be terribly hard, and there's no way to make them happy. You can do everything you've ever she's ever asked, and it will still be wrong. It yeah. won't matter. Okay. You can't change it. I agree on that. So <laughs> going into, segueing into the narcissistic bio mom. And co-parenting mm. with a narcissistic bio mom or somebody, I hate to say narcissistic because I'm not a therapist and I cannot yep. uh, diagnose, I cannot diagnose yeah, right. uh, people, but mm-hmm. um, for someone who has those traits, which are very mm-hmm. high conflict, very, um, you're going to do what I want and I know what's mm. best all the time and you better fall in line or you're going to hear it. Um, and always changing the rules on you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> always changing the rules to, mm-hmm. yep, exactly. Um, so with co-parenting with those types of people, right? Mm-hmm. As the yeah. stepmom, um, you're not the other bio parent. So what is that like, at least for you, what was that like um, co-parenting with your spouse with this bio mom that has the narcissistic traits? Mm-hmm. Well, I can say a lot in this, uh, somewhat from clients and somewhat from our experience, but you just have to be okay with your spouse. You've got to be 100% on the same page on every single thing that comes up. So for instance, if you had a situation where your bio children were fighting with the stepchildren and I want to be clear when our kids were growing up, I never called them my stepchildren. I don't believe in it. I don't think that it's right. It wasn't right for our family. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying for our family, we wanted to, okay, that happened. This is our family. This is what we're doing. And so that family identity really helped to give us the ability to be mom and dad in the house. And we've talked about, we had a whole series that we did on this specific subject, being mom and dad in your house. Um, You may not be their, the stepchildren's mom or dad, if you're a dad listening, uh, but it is very important to have that office in your house because then it, it removes some of the, shall we say, extra baggage that can come when you've got the stepmom scenario where you're, you know, you're favoring and this and that you know everybody's on an equal playing field so conflict comes up bio mom does not agree with something that you and your spouse are doing or your decisions or whatnot how do you deal with that conflict 
of her saying, no, absolutely not. I don't agree. And this isn't going to happen. And if it does, then I'm going to take you to court for more child support or I'm going to file a petition or this or that, you know, scaring you with all the lawyer stuff and or just, you know, being difficult. I, th- I think the biggest thing, again, is to be OK with your spouse. A hundred percent talk about everything. If something happens between the kids, you talk about it. You don't make decisions without your spouse because when you're not the bio parent, there's too many things that could go wrong. So if you guys are on the same page and you're a hundred percent with something that happens, then you can, you can have the consequences together rather Mm -hmm. than separately because then you end up pointing and there's, you know, that can happen too. So the bio, the, high conflict, that whole situation, if you've got somebody you're dealing with like that, there's nothing you can say or do that's going to help. The best thing we ever found that worked for us was mediation. It's not as expensive as court. It's still expensive. And typically, well, we lived in Montana at the time. We now live in Idaho, but in Montana, the dad has to pay for pretty much everything. That's just how it goes. (laughs) And if the dad just decides he's done, then yeah, nothing much happens to him. So mm. at, at that time, okay, now it might be different. I don't know as much right now because I don't, I'm, we're not in that situation and we haven't been in years. So mm-hmm. um, you just have to be on board with one another and make sure that every decision that's being made is being made together so that you don't ever get to that point where it's like, well, you did this and you shouldn't have done that. And the whole pointing thing is what affects the marriage more than anything. Mm-hmm. Go on date nights. Make sure your relationship with one another is solid. Because the more solid you guys can be as a remarried couple, the better. Because mm-hmm. then you can, on that you know united front, you can talk with the children. Yep. Agree. Now, let me ask you about this. Um, mm-hmm. As far as being a united front, okay, A lot Mm -hmm. of stepmoms are faced with a high-conflict bio mom, and it has wrecked and ruined their marriage or, you know, dragged them through the trenches and caused a lot of extra stress in their marriage. Now, when you decide to put up boundaries with the bio mom, whether it be, you know, in our case, we had to put up boundaries because she was acting erratically and she didn't take well um, to dealing with her own stuff when we moved in together and then we got married. Mm -hmm. Uh, She didn't deal with that very well, and I couldn't have seen it coming from a million miles away um, or even a mile away. Uh, But, you know, with what she had done, and I'm not going to go into details, but the things that she had done warranted that um, we put some distance between ourselves and her. And that means drop-offs and pickups, you know, not coming to the door anymore. Um, Now it's to the point where, you know, they meet at a school and stay in their vehicles. Um, A lot of parents I've heard are using um, parenting apps to communicate, which is what we've gone to instead of phone calls and text messages because they get off topic and become hostile. Um, Mm -hmm. So with that um, came the finger pointing that you're talking about, which is, of course, pointed at me, right? Because I'm Mm -hmm. the newcomer to the situation. And even though we've been together for years, you know, the new thing is us moving in and getting married. So it's, you know, our co-parenting was perfect until she came along 
And yeah. she's the reason why we can't co-parent well anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. have you ever seen that happen with any of your clients or with you? Absolutely. Almost every time. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> in, in my experience, I've seen very few high conflict with the narcissistic behaviors types that aren't that way. Yeah. Because they can't take yeah, responsibility it, for what they did to cause that breakdown and to cause those boundaries to have to go up to protect your own family and your marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in that case, what what we always encourage people to do is to look at their broken, their own personal brokenness, not your spouse's. And I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just wanted to be clear yeah. on that. Um, go to your own brokenness and figure out how what you need to do to feel welcome in your home, to feel um, a part of something. Mm-hmm. You got to get down, and that's that's another thing too. Is that I I found that people don't heal from their their divorces and then they bring it into their next marriage and so some of the mistakes that were made in the first marriage because even when there's you know um an affair or something like that both both spouses are part of the problem Mm -hmm. it's not typically it's not just one the only um thing that i would say would be different is abuse Mm -hmm. abuse is very one-sided typically um but anyways Go, go to your, your brokenness and figure out what the core of the issue is. A lot of people, a lot of us don't figure out what the core issue is. There might be all this, you know, arguing, but why? When my husband and I argue, this is just an example. When we argue, we have found that it's because we haven't been spending enough time together. We haven't had those important talks. We haven't gotten deep you know, or yeah. we're not having enough sex, to be honest. Yeah. Maybe not what you're, <laughs> yeah. no, that, it's that might resonating. be too much information, but it's true. It's, that is the glue that binds us together. Right. Right. So the, the time, because you got the time people and then physically we, we need that too. Men and women need it different for different reasons, you know, but mm-hmm. it binds and it brings us, it's that glue. And so if you can just get to the core of the issues within the marriage, a lot of the times, the outside issues, when, well, I'll say the outside your house issues don't come back in. They, they're they not as effective. And pretty soon the, the, the person or persons that are creating issues make themselves scarce. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh, we have a son that tried that a lot. And... Um, Unfortunately, he chose to not be a part of our lives since he was 14. It's been hard, and it's the reality of what you're possibly dealing with. I mean, when you have a a narcissist, they're going to teach the kids to be that way as well. What I wish we would have known and why we're doing what what we do is that if we would have made our boundaries with the kids... And said, uh, no, you're not going to do that in this house. That will not be done here. Calling them on it, uh, teaching them, training them, you know, helping them to understand, you know, like they're not going to understand when they're young. But setting those boundaries with the kids is so important because then they get to be adults. And sometimes they're narcissists, too. They, they yeah. have those qualities as well. So 
it's kind of a double-edged sword, but make sure you and your spouse are okay because in the end, you guys are left. When the kids are all gone and you're empty nesters, which is wonderful, by the way, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I enjoyed our kids being home and this has just been so fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've been empty nesters now for blah, blah, just over a year. Yeah. And it's been amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's probably so. a whole different new relationship for you guys. Yeah. And then we moved. <laughs> and then you moved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our Whoa. kids were like, you're moving? Why? <laughs> Why? Because you're gone. <laughs> yeah. We could do what yeah. we want now. Oh, man. Yeah. It's been good, though. Yeah. So as far as when drama gets to high levels and you are just at the point, like you mentioned earlier, where you are just ready to give up, um, in mm-hmm. my case, crying, having a glass of wine, saying, yeah. what the hell was I thinking? How did mm-hmm. I think this was ever going to work? Right. Or, wow, I never saw any of this coming. And what do I do now? I don't know if I could live my life every day for the rest of my life like this. Right. Mm-hmm. I've learned that disengaging for just a little bit temporarily can be a godsend. That just stepping away and telling your partner, listen, this is too much for me right now. And I'm not saying I'm always not going to want to know what's going on with crazy bio mom or <laughs> or the problem with the kids or whatever. But for right now, I need to ch- just kind of check in with myself and take a step back and mm-hmm. reevaluate what's going on and take some time. Have you ever had to do that? No, I, I don't. I, I've never done that. And I, even at this, this time in my life, I'm glad I did everything I did because honestly, I tried, I tried so hard to be the best I could. I failed some days and now I can look back and say, mm, well, <laughs> I yeah. tried, you know, yeah. cause we, we basically have no relationship with the one child who stepped away at 14. He's going on 30. Uh, And then we have a very difficult relationship with our oldest. Mm -hmm. And it's been hard. It's been very hard, especially for my husband, because those are his kids. Now, I'm not saying they're not my kids. I absolutely am not saying that. And I will welcome them back when, when they choose. Mm-hmm. But they things are going to be different, you know, and yeah. I've set those boundaries. I have told them what's, you know, what they will, the, the oldest, not the other. Um, I've told him what needs to happen and what I expect from him before we're going to even have a conversation. So far, he's chosen not to. And I just pray. With, I pray for him every single day. Mm-hmm. He and his wife, you know, I do because I, I care about them. It just was such a bad relationship that it just wasn't. It, it was so bad. And I, we ju- I just had to step away for myself. So that would be the only time that I can think of in, in our almost 26 years married that I've ever stepped away. Yeah. So you what, what do you, adults yeah. Now. <laughs> what did you do when they were younger and you got to that point, that breaking point for yourself mm-hmm. to kind of calm yourself down and be able to face some of these really high stress situations that were coming at you? Mm-hmm. Um, well, oddly enough, I really spent, when I got to that point, I spent a lot of time helping others and not necessarily blended families, but I'm talking, there was an elderly person and they needed something. I would go and do that sort of thing because it filled my cup. I'm a, I'm a, I love to give, um, 
Have you ever read the five love languages? I haven't, but I've, I've heard all about it. Okay. Well, like in a, in a close personal relationship, I'm all about words and time. Those are my two things. But for others, I tend to give either gifts or, um, or I do things for people. And that is what helps to fill my cup. And so when I would get to that place, I would kind of step back from the situation and go help some people by myself, or I would take the kids along and say, let's, let's go do this mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, try to lift the, lift the mood, if you, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I was to start if I was to start all over and do that right now, right now, what I would do is I would have a very, very, um, careful morning routine at all times. And I didn't know back then how important my morning routine was. Um, and here's what I'm talking about. Uh, there was a book that is called the miracle morning. Okay. And it, it's, it's for success, but I think, and I, I am determined to get Hal Elrod to the author of the Miracle Morning book. I am determined to get him to write that book for with me for set, you know, for set families or blended families or whatever. Yeah. Because the Miracle Morning is so amazing, it gets your mind straight so that all the worries and crap of the day don't affect you like they do. I went from one thing to the next. Yeah. I kept myself number one too busy. Mm-hmm. And number two, I let people walk on me that, you know, like shouldn't have. And then the people that were close to me got not maybe the best part of me, Right. <laughs> you know? Well, it affects how you show up for I made many mistakes in that. Yeah, it affects how you show up for the people that you love when you're like right. that. Right. Yeah. And, you know, for a long time I knew give your people the best, the, the people that live with you, those people need to have your best. Yeah. At the time I didn't understand that though, because, um, and this is, you know, so anyways, the miracle morning teaches you to have meditation. You can do prayer or you can do quiet time, you, whatever. And then it's got a bunch of different steps and it takes an hour and it's literally a game changer. It, it changes everything because it changes your mindset. It changes mm-hmm. the way that you think about things. And, and I've been doing it for a, quite a while now. So, yeah. yeah. Even when things get thrown at you, you can deflect them because your cup is already full. You're starting your day with this amazing alone time that is purposeful. It has a point. Yeah. And I think that all step families, all blended families, everybody needs to do it because it's so, you know, it just, it starts you off on the wrong foot. No longer will you get up with a bad mood because you're excited. You've got all these plans. You're, you're, you're working toward a family goal. Um, Mm -hmm. for a long time when our kids were still at home, they would do it with us. They would do their own. Now we, we had them doing like, and we didn't know about this when our older three were young, Okay, it's when our our two that are ours together, when they were at home, they would do because um, there's a there's a ten year age gap between the oldest and the youngest. So um, so our youngest two right now are twenty and twenty three, and then we've got uh, almost twenty eight on up to thirty. 
So, I mean, there's kind of an age gap there. Yeah. Um, and they would do the five minute miracle morning. So just five minutes of their day, you know, was on these different steps, the five steps. So I don't know. That's what I would suggest. Yeah. And I'm going to link in this podcast, a uh, link to the Miracle Morning as well as the Five Love Languages, because I've heard mm. of both of these books, and I've heard um, a lot of the different good things that can come out of reading these books. So it's funny because when me and my husband first uh, got together, a mutual friend of ours got us together, and um, of course, if anything was going wrong or I needed advice, I would go to her because she knew him, and mm-hmm. she... Uh, suggested that I read the five love, love languages. So I really yeah. need to get on this because this has been <laughs> in the in the um, the queue for a while for me. So and also, mm-hmm. you know, I think going back to what you said about taking time for yourself in the morning, there's something to be said mm-hmm. about waking up to a quiet house when everybody else is still asleep and it's peaceful yeah. and you can just do whatever you need to do to get in the right place of mind for the day, right? Um, And I'm not talking about getting up and making grocery lists and, you know, making sure the kids are ready for school with their backpacks and their lunches and all this stuff, but actually just do some stuff for yourself. Like you said, meditate or work out or just take some time to sit there on the couch quietly and enjoy your coffee in the morning without anybody Mm -hmm. up. Um, because you know, when other people are getting you up and those little people have a lot of demands in the morning, (laughs) um, you know, you get off to that whole start where you're like, Oh my God, what else? Mm. What else? And it just downhill spirals throughout the day. And then you're faced with these conflicts of, you know, blended family life as well and challenges. Mm -hmm. And it just makes it so much harder to deal with and show up as the best version of you, I think, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Now, I actually had a listener um, had a question for us for this podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and read this and see what you have to say about this. And then I'll I'll kind of um, say my part as well about how I feel. Um, So she said, um, I finally I'll finally be meeting my boyfriend's two sons soon. And I have two girls um, which love them. His ex-wife is still very bitter about the divorce, so she talks negative about everything. I'm sure about me as well. So I'm nervous but excited. I think our kids will get along great, but I'm worried what they may feel and think at first. How should I go about first handling that? Also, once we get more comfortable, how do you become the parent and not just a friend? I can imagine that is a difficult transition. So what do you have to say about this? Well, I mean, when you're with somebody who has children, you're a parent. <laughs> Even if you're not married, you have to you have to picture yourself and and go there. Yep. But again, it really goes back to what I said before on the other question. You've got to be 100% with your boyfriend or girlfriend, whoever you're with, be on the same page. It's, it's really the same thing, even if you're just dating. The only difference is, is that you don't have legal rights. Right. But you don't even have legal rights if you were to get divorced a second time. You don't have any legal rights to their children anyways. So it really is kind of the same. Yeah. Be 100%. Talk about everything. Don't assume anything. Always discuss scenarios before a choice is made. Yep. You know, and, and really, I mean, it's it's a beautiful 
opportunity for you to see if you can deal with this, honestly, Uh, because yes, things change. That does happen quite often. However, if you talk about these things, a lot of the times you can, you can kind of know somewhat what you might deal with when you get married. So I don't know. You got to really listen. You can't rush things. Um, and, and here's just my, my own personal, this is what I tell everyone. Don't have sex because sex binds you. And the problem with it is, um, I mean, I, I understand all of the reasons, um, test driving car or whatever. Um, however, the problem is, is that then the heart is invested for women. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't help anything. So sometimes that blind, that puts the blinders on and we don't see all the things that we, sh- that we could see if we, if we didn't have sex. So that is my, you know, it's neither here nor there, but that's just what I always tell people. Yeah. Now, what about the relationship or what she's saying about um, the, not stepkids, but her partner's kid's mom mm-hmm. Um, and her speaking negatively about her, I'm assuming to the kids. Um, how do you deal with something like that that's completely out of your control and their little minds being formed this opinion of you? Right. And they will be. There's nothing you can do about it. I say move on. What they think of you is none of your business. And that includes, you You know, your own biological kids sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, what, what anyone else's opinion it, uh, is – of what you and your spouse are doing or you and your boyfriend are doing is no, it, it's none of your business. It doesn't matter. You have to just have that stiff upper lip and just, and you don't listen to it. If they're, if the kids come over and they're like, mom said this, you're like, uh, uh-uh. in this house, yeah, we don't talk about that. Yeah. If Shut you'd like out. to say positive things, let's talk positive. And then, you know, if you have young kids, even if you have teenagers, Let's talk about what mom did that was positive this week. Yeah. And you fill your mind full of all of the things that you, their their mom is doing that's right. Yeah. So that you're no longer taking that negative standpoint. Because the problem is, is that when we lack, when we see all of the lack in the world and the marriage and the kids and the ex in our money situation, whatever it is, that's all we see. Okay, when when we bring in positive and we're only seeing the positive, yes, there's going to be hard things, but you're more equipped to deal with it when you're constantly filling your mind full of of positive. Yeah. And it really comes out in the attitude is what I've found. Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing you can control is your reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your reaction in your mind. Yeah. That's all you 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 don't even have control over your kids' mind. You do when they're young for to a certain extent. And then they grow up and they start arguing. <laughs> yep. Oh <laughs> you my know? gosh. The arguing I mean, our never kids are ends. Great. Yeah. I'm sorry? I said the arguing never ends. <laughs> no. Yeah. They're harder as adults, to be honest. I mean, our kids are great. They they do a good job. Um and there's been some tough things. I mean, as a mother in law, I have had to learn. And I was like so excited to have daughters and, you know, the daughter-in-laws, you know, I, I think of them as my daughters cause they're wonderful. You know, I've made some mistakes and I've had to make a few apologies. Yeah. We all <laughs> you know? do. Yeah. 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 I think one of the things that stands out to me, um, when we're talking about this is, you know, my stepdaughter 
And, you know, because bio mom is so high conflict and just has her own opinions of me and our family and whatnot, um, unfortunately, those are voiced to her children. Um, Mm -hmm. And I had to sit down and have a really hard conversation with my stepdaughter, which ended up being the best conversation I've had in my life. Um, But I talked to her and I said, you know, I, I feel scared that, you know, your mom, because she, we both know, you know, and she's voiced that she doesn't like me very much, um, that you're going to feel that way about me or feel like you can't be close to me or love me because of how she feels and because she's your mom, you feel like you have to do or feel what she feels, you know, or that you're somehow going against her, the person that you love more than anything, if you like somebody or love somebody that she doesn't. Um, and this little girl looked me in the eyes and laughed and said, Christy, I'm, I love you. And no matter what my mom thinks of you, I'm always going to love you. And I, I was like, oh, my goodness, I, I love you so much. But it's it's amazing because when you open that door and you have that honest conversation about your fear, right, um, mm-hmm. I feel like something really good can come out of that and that open communication. And it just was such a relief to know that that loyalty struggle that I thought she was having and she may be having um, and mm-hmm. just not voicing that, that she is mature enough to make her own decisions based on her own experiences and her experiences with me are different than her mother's experience with me. Um, and I've known her for years and been around her for years and we have our own memories that we've created together. Um, and she's basing her opinion and her love for me off of those experiences and not what Mm -hmm. the person that raised her wants her to feel, which I think is huge. So I think the, the bigger bond that you have with the kids um, they mm-hmm. will make those decisions, and no matter what bio mom is saying or doing around them, you have no control over that. And like you said, it's none of your business how she feels about you. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also none of your business how your stepkids feel about you. But um, at the same time, you can make these great memories or do these things with the kids to form that bond so that they do have those feelings um, of love towards you or like towards you, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's your responsibility as a stepmom, if that's the relationship you want to have with the stepkids, is Mm -hmm. to make those memories and have those experiences with them that will form that love and that bond. And not just assume, well, uh, bio mom doesn't like me, so I guess they're not going to like me, right? You don't Mm -hmm. throw in the torch there on that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that in any of your coaching calls or anything like that that has really resonated with you or been a reoccurring uh, thing that you want to add on? I think we pretty much touched all of them. Uh, You know, this last topic, the loyalty topic, is, is really hard. I would say that over everything outside of specific marriage problems that are, you know, the loyalty issue comes up usually with people because they're, they're afraid. They're trying to give their heart. They don't know how. And I just, I always try to encourage people just like you said, make the memories. We always did. Um, once a month we tried to, to take everybody on a a one-on-one date. And that was hard to do because we had a lot of outgo because we were constantly in court (laughs) with bio mom. Uh, But 
it was just we we tried so hard to just always have both of us have memories with all of the boys separately yeah just them and us you know Mm -hmm. um and so that is really the only thing that you can do and then if things go wrong when the when the kid is an adult you can look back and go you know what I did everything I could I did everything I I knew to do I I read up on it I tried I can release it because I tried you know and that's basically where I'm at with our two oldest right now yeah. I, I gave a hundred percent. I made some bad choices. Absolutely. I made some mistakes. I did some things wrong and I did a lot that was right. And so if they're choosing to, to hear only what mom says, that's on them. Yeah. I, 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 that's not my problem. Yeah. And I, but at the same time, I've, I've definitely left a door open. I'm ready to welcome them back in as soon as they're ready to behave, <laughs> you know, and not behave in my way, just you know, respect the family <laughs> yeah. because a lot of damage has been done to everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be mutual respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, this, I could go on for hours talking to you. <laughs> I feel like oh. you are me in a few years, right? Um, <laughs> wow. I mean, it's been very helpful. I think that our listeners can get a lot from this. Um, how can they find more information on you and what you do? I uh, just go to momsmixedfamilyblender.com, and okay. that's my blog. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, Brenda, and I look Absolutely. forward to more coming from you um, and checking your stuff out and following that. Again, I'm going to link the two books in the bottom of the podcast for our listeners to check those books out. I think that they will be helpful, and they're on my read list now, and I'm going to definitely get to them um, during my morning relaxation time. So, But thank you so much, and I look forward to the next time we can talk and catch up on all this. Sounds wonderful. Talk to you later. Thank you, Brenda.